Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran L.A.-based jazz singer Marilyn Scott. We caught up with her to talk about her career in jazz, COVID living, and her new 2022 CD, The Landscape. This is her 13th album as a leader, born out of a determination to create during the global pandemic. She is best known for her Grammy-nominated work as a contemporary vocalist and even a songwriter. As the years have progressed... She's gone deeper into the jazz writing and interpretations. She has great stories. Enjoy this tale. Marilyn, thanks for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz today. I appreciate it. Oh, it's wonderful. I, I just, uh, I'm always glad to talk about the music uh, that I get to make. Absolutely. So, speaking of your latest album, The Landscape, you know, it's coming out now as, you know, kind of the world is coming out of COVID or live shows probably a pretty good time to release live music. So overall, how does this release feel for you? Well, the only thing I wished that I was doing was playing, you know, along along with it. But, um, you know, that just wasn't possible right now. So I'm trying to gain some momentum with the project, and then that's going to help me uh, play some, uh, some musical gigs uh, coming up in uh, the winter and all of next year. So... Gosh, I, I really look forward to that and uh, and play with some of the the musicians that played on the on the project and wrote with me. So, um, but I I feel like uh, I've had some great response to it, and that's always encouraging. I mean, because you know I really when you when you create something, you don't expect the expectation should should be whatever happens happens. I think that's a great way to be, and I think you should always just, you know, not obsess, you know, kind of let it go. And um, because when you're working on it and you're creating it, uh, that's that's when you sort of get into that mood where you obsess <laughs> trying to get it to the best place it could be, that original idea, right? So I, I think the response has been really good, and I'm just really happy. So speaking of COVID over this time that we've had, what did you learn about yourself over this basically two-year lull of things that maybe you didn't realize before that's going to make you stronger now? Um, I think the resilience of of all the people around me, family, you know, people you stood in line with, uh, people, you know, where you couldn't even see their expressions, you know, because of the mask. Uh, you, you read their eyes, uh, their demeanor. Uh, I think it gave me a great deal of hope about, you know, us as a people, you know, um, how we treat each other. Uh, I thought that that was very encouraging. We kind of got away from that now, you know, a little bit. But it's funny what kind of a a disaster will do. It brings people together. And um, it's a hopefulness uh, that is really good. And really, and as long as it can last up, you know, we can work out some great problems. How did this jazz journey begin for you? I, you know, I, I go back to when the, my mother played Nat King Cole records, and um, and she played piano, classical piano, and um, and then I got into a lot of R and B pop radio, and um, then I'm moved up to San Francisco Bay Area, and the, the radio stations up there, FM stations were incredible. They played a lot of different kinds of genres next to each other, 
and it helped widen the arc of what music was really about because really music is is all about everything it is it's all connected and uh i really appreciated that at that time it it kind of woke me up to a lot of things when you hear uh john coltrane next to you know the spinners or something you know i mean it starts to really you, you can put the dots together and then i got involved with i was able to get involved with a lot of incredible musicians that their lives were marching towards uh you know the greater depths of jazz and i got to kind of go along with that and i didn't really i played piano a little bit but not in a not in a performance way but in a writing way and it's been a great journey. I've been able to work with a lot of incredible jazz people, and uh, you know, that's that's kind of how it started. So, you know, in our lives, the live show that we witnessed is a big, big deal. In the beginning, what was your first live jazz show that really blew you away? You know, playing music is one thing, and bands, and you know, you know, trying to get your grip on who you are as an artist and as a writer, but really getting to a place where you can't, you know, you really can't believe that they're responding to your writing and, and you're, and you're playing with musicians that are bringing your music up to a, a greater depth, depth. And, um, that would probably, you know, be in the nineties, you know, because I've been through a lot of different kinds of labels and situations that, People wanted me to be, maybe push me in a direction that that wasn't quite what I was after. But a lot of us were told that you know if you do this kind of music, then you you'll be able to have the power to do what you want to do. You know, I think in the '90s, I when I was on Warner Brothers, I really was able to reach for uh, a, a performance and and with people around me that. Um, it was it was pretty encouraging that what I was trying to get to was real and and valid. So you know, this being your thirteenth album, I'm curious. You know, what is it that you like to do with each subsequent release? Is it about evolution? Is it about capturing what's going on at the time? What's kind of your arc of how you approach artistically each new project? Well, in the past, you know, because I I had this idea about jazz that I had to, you know, I had to attain something. Uh, I had to grow into it and and, and get because I appreciated it so much that I I needed to be really valid in it in order to really shine. But um, it changed a little bit. You know, people wanted you to sing standards and things like that, and I did. And I usually would include a couple of standards on a record where I would write the music and then I would include a couple of standards like, you know, tunes that I thought that hadn't been overdone and had a very interesting way of being presented or, you know, as they were written that they had a lot of uh, avenues, ways that you could go and present the tune. Um, You know, I've always try to include that because that's that's part of the swing of jazz in the sense you know I, it's always a the thing where you you're trying to please the label a little bit and um 
I look to uh, this this particular one. I, it's, everything is in a direction that I saw uh, uh, what people were going through and what um, and we were kind of stuck, you know, in a COVID time, and so it became something quite different than I've done before. I, I don't think I've ever tried it this way because we really didn't record in the studio. So, who would you consider mentors for you? Who's been a big influence, maybe some voices from the past that resonate for you in your career? Well, without a doubt, George Duke was a big force. And, um, you know, we became friends from the time we met. We met at a, in San Diego at, a, at the jazz festival up there, down there. And um, and then he, he got interested and, and we started writing. And he, he was a great great influence on me and I miss him so much and I think I grew up with Russell Ferranti in a way we met back in San Jose when he where he lived back in uh, the 70s and I was just playing in a with a band and uh, met him at a, like a pizza parlor he was playing and he and I started to, to write and then I met Jimmy Haslip through when they started the Yellow Jackets. So they've been with me the whole time, and um, and we've written so many things together. And um, they, they, the Yellow Jackets particularly, you have been, you know, a great mentor and a great uh, influence on my life. So, you know, every day you wake up, you have the chance to do this thing that you love to do, creating music. What is it that you like the best about being a professional musician? Well, I think playing live music uh, with people um, is just is just really fantastic. And whoever that you know recipe is going to be, because it always changes. You know, the drummer's always going to change, the bass player is always going to change, and with that, the music's going to change, and that's exciting. Um, I think that uh, the the best part of writing music and everything is just to see that evolve and see um, what's going to happen with it uh, and not to be locked in. I mean, there was a time that, you know, you go, it's got to be played just like the chart, you know, but uh, that, that was, I think that's being afraid to stand, step outside the box, you know. So it's playing live and, and, uh, and, and hearing your music and that's in that way. So speaking of live music, you know, now that we are getting back to it, I know that L.A. was affected. There were clubs, clubs that closed down. I know even in Kansas City, the landscape changed quite a bit. But I think collectively as a community of musicians, how do you see jazz, the, the community of jazz musicians reemerging stronger? Well, the, the, the younger musicians that are happening now, I mean, that's, that's encouraging, I think, in places like Berkeley has brought in some incredible musicians. I think people have found a way through places like the Berkeley School of Music to uh, to find themselves and be encouraged in a way that a lot of us weren't didn't have that. Um, so I thought um, I just I, I really did listening to Joey Alexander and. Uh, Brad Milmdown, people that have that surround themselves with new voices of, uh, of musicians and um, and really 
try to understand where, you know, how they came to that, and it makes you want to do the same. So talk to me a little bit about what you hope we all realize as we all kind of get back to the live music environment. What do you hope we all realize about the power of live music? I mean, ultimately, I think we all understand community in a different way, but what do you hope we really genuinely get about this magic of live music? I, I don't think that there's anything I could add to the personal experience that you're going to get. I mean, uh, there's just nothing like it, being in front of live musicians playing and being inspired by each other. Uh, it, it speaks for itself, and um, and I encourage everybody to do that. And it, it changes you, and that goes for all the arts. You know, being in front of a painting, uh, being in front of dancers, you know, it really is uh, magical. And it's you could capture it a little bit um, on film, but there's nothing like seeing it live. What about a dream gig? If you could get into a time machine and go back in time and catch any musician anywhere, who are you going to go see? <laughs> That's a good one. I don't. I don't. Never thought of that. That's a good one. I've never really thought of the time machine thing. I think it was pretty exciting um, how the big bands. Not that I'm into big bands, but I. I mean, I really appreciate big bands, but big bands offered so many great musicians, and with a singer. Uh, that's pretty, and then, then somebody writing on an, an unbelievable arrangement, that's pretty exciting. Um, and so I would have, I could step back into time and watch Duke Ellington with Ella Fitzgerald or something like that. That would be kind of cool. Fan, but ultimately you live your life. You have a perception of you. Who do you think you are? Well, I, I would just want to be able to observe um, life a little bit and be... Um, articulate enough to, to to write about it in a way that, you know, people um, see themselves. Um, and and I, I don't mind doing that with other people's music as well. Um, so I see myself as hopefully somebody that's growing in that and has grown in it and that I can leave something behind that, you know, can be reinterpreted. That's what I'd like to do. So if you have a dream tonight and you run into your younger version, you know, in your 20s and, you know, really starting out in the business, and you could give your younger version one piece of advice based on the wisdom that you've accumulated for all the years, what would you tell that younger version? I, I would probably tell my younger version to, to, to play more instruments and, and take some of those gigs that you turned down. Yeah. Perfect, Marilyn, thank you. I appreciate you taking time out. Good luck with the album and the return to the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it as well. And I wish you well with everything. And, and I hope we, we meet. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest singers in Los Angeles, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Marilyn for her time, music, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.